Well, good morning, friends. How are we doing this morning? Good. Oh, man, that was weak. There's been something, both services, I've had to do it again to get some sort of enthusiasm out of people, all right? Church, how are we doing this morning? All right, hey, want to look at the camera, welcome those watching online here at Radiant Life, and uh, I just realized maybe I shouldn't force you to be like, woo, because it could be like when I ask the question, how you doing, you could be like, no, I'm not good, right? But then I, I drive on enthusiasm, I drive on your response to what I bring this morning. But uh, hey, this is what we know in church world, to be fully honest, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak from my heart this morning, and uh, you just need to buckle up, okay? Okay. Uh, <laughs> this Sunday, which is Labor Day weekend, is known as Youth Pastor Sunday. And there's a reason why. Because most of your pastors take this Sunday off. And uh, guess who's left with the message? They make the youth pastor do the message. And so um, I decided, you know what, I'm not, I can't take this Sunday off. I need to bring a message to all of us this morning. And uh, full transparency, Pastor Josh was going to do this message, not this message. He was going to take a standalone message. Um, and I, I, I went to him two weeks ago and I said, I really feel like what God's laid on my heart, I got to bring. So you're off, I'm on type of thing. And so you just need, you need to turn to your neighbor because I, I got a lot of blank stares out there. All right. A lot of blank stares this morning. They're more interactive on that camera right now than in person in this room, all right? Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, buckle up. Turn to your other neighbor and say, good morning. All right. Hey, real quick, because this is a standalone message this week, I want to prepare us for the next three weeks, which will wrap up the month of September. We're going to go into a series titled Reset. And this is this idea of reset, is that the last six months have been a little, a little hectic on us, right? Um, and so there's a couple things that I feel like we as a church, as, as a body, as followers of Jesus need to reset some things in our lives. Next week, I want to talk about resetting our worship. Uh, not what we do here, but what you all do out there. Uh, to be honest, I've had many people tell me over the last several weeks, hey, you know, I'm so thankful that Radiant Life, were, we were able, with a lot of your giving, to give, get the cameras in place for those of us, that, and we, we all had to stay at home and everything. However, um, I'll be honest, I never even sang a song in my house, though. I was like, whoa. But you'll, we've disengaged our worship. We need to reset and come back to a heart of worship. And we got to reset some things. The last six months, man, shh, it's a course correction. That's what this series is. The last six months, many of us, we've, to be honest, we've been in isolation. It's time to get back into community. The devil wants you alone. You're an easy target now. And here in the community, we have a saying, as we get bigger, we got to get smaller. We have life groups. you got to get into a life group. You need to reset in community. And lastly, if we're honest, many of us this morning may literally sit back and say, Ryan, um, ever since we went online and, and the whole pandemic and everything that has happened inside of my heart, to be honest, I kind of lost that passion, that flame that was flickering strong back in March. I've gone. <laughs> it's not even there anymore. We need to reset our passion for Jesus Christ in our lives. And so that's where this series is going to take us for the next three weeks. However, I'm excited for this week. All right. Aroma. Aroma. I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, you smell good. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're stinky. I don't know about you, but I, I have a weird thing. I, I mean, you ask my wife, I have multiple weird things. 
Um, but one, stop shaking your head down here. Uh, one of the things that I'm, I'm weird about is smells. Like, I love very strong smells. I'm also weird. I have a weird thing for shoes and watches and pens. Like, yeah, my son's shaking his head, yes. Um, So some of you automatically looked at my shoes, and I've distracted you in this moment right now. I will always carry a pen with me, by the way. I'm obsessed with a certain kind of pen, and I will only carry blue or red, never black, because black is too common. So I carry a red pen. Right now, it's a red pen in my pocket. Red or blue all the time, right? I'm weird. I love smells. I probably put on way too much cologne because I love the smell of it, all right? Here's how weird I am. (laughs) He already thought I was weird. Here we go, all right? Um, I will iron my clothes the night before. I will hang them in my room and spray cologne on them. I will get up, take a shower, put on my clothes and spray more cologne on them, all right? Because I don't know, maybe overnight that cologne faded out of that shirt. I don't know. And so um, I like very strong, potent deodorants in body washes. I'm weird like that. I love strong smells. In fact, one of my most favorite smells in the summer, because I'm not the biggest fan of summer. It's a little too hot for me. Like this weather right now, I love it. I love waking up to like 50s and 60 degree, and I love this weather. But one of the smells I love during summer is fresh cut grass. Oh, it smells good. How many of you love fresh cut grass? How many of you despise it because you're like, that's allergies waiting to happen, right? You're like, I love going into a neighborhood and I can go in and be like, someone just mowed somewhere around here. It smells good. And then what I love about mowing is you got the beautiful like lines too, if you're a good mower. All right. There's a difference between mowing and good mowing right there. And it's just, it's just beautiful. Here's another smell I love, the nectar of heaven, (laughs) coffee. Right? I, I, I'm, I'm going to start praying to Jesus that when I get to heaven, there will be shots of espresso waiting for me. Just when I get in, come on, Jesus, have them waiting for me right there. But here's the thing. You know when you walk into a coffee shop, don't you? Whether you drink this stuff or not, you know it. I could blindfold you and take you in, and by the smell, you know where you're at. I'm at a coffee shop. In fact, the fall season is full of one particular smell. Pumpkin spice is everywhere, from M&Ms to lattes to give me some pumpkin spice candle, all right? I love the toxic smell of burning candles. <laughs> some of you, more natural in oils and diffusing. That's awesome. My wife goes to this. I go to the toxic stuff. Our, this stuff smells better than this stuff sometimes. We, in fact, we went shopping this past Friday, and uh, that's what we bought. And I will say she bought all organic natural cam, uh, candles. But I'm like, give me the wood wick because it gets that crackle. That crackle noise is very soothing to me. And I've got one now. I, I snuck that into the shopping cart where it's, <laughs> that one's got some chemicals. All right. So you know what's wrong with me. I'm sniffing too much of this. Here's another smell. It's everywhere. Pumpkin spice. Here's another smell. And I guarantee I got you on this one. Come on now. The baking of cookies. You walk in and you know, yeah, you're not even hungry and you'll become hungry if just smelling that, right? But here's the other thing. There are great smells out there that you and I may really like. There are some bad smells out there. Like there are some rotten things out there that if we're honest, they're stanky right? A carcass, roadkill on the side of the road. 
I, I go running out in the country and I smell it before I know where it's at and before I see it. It's nasty. A rotten fish, that's disgusting, right? Anything that's rotten is nasty, like dumpster. You go into a boy's football locker room, that thing is stanky, okay? And you may, when you get bad smells, this may be your reaction. You ain't having it. It's bad. But I want to ask you a question this morning. What do people smell when you walk into a room? What do people smell when you walk into a room? Do they smell love on you? Do they smell grace? Do they smell forgiveness and acceptance? Or do they smell hatred, unforgiveness, bitterness in your heart? In fact, the Apostle Paul, who was known as Saul before because he hated Jesus and persecuted and God grabbed a hold of his heart on the road to Damascus, he had papers in his hand to go persecute the early church, followers of Jesus. I mean, he was going there to persecute them, to jail them. God got a hold of his heart. He became Paul, the greatest missionary in the first century world, and he's writing to the church that he planted in Corinth. Corinth. What happened in Corinth was there were a lot of pagan gods and goddesses, and they were doing some horrid, horrible worship practices, a lot of sexual stuff that was just inappropriate. So a lot of those people left that, became followers of Jesus. And so now Paul's writing them to try to say, hey, there's certain things you got to let go now that you follow Jesus. And then he's writing letters. And in 2 Corinthians, we have two letters, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, that he's writing to this church. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15, he's going to remind the Christians that they are something to the people around them. And this is what he says. For we are to God the pleasing what, friends? The aroma of Christ. Among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. I love what the, the CSB version translation says this. For to God we are the what, friends? The fragrance of Christ. In fact, here is another translation that I love. I love what the passion says. We have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one to God. Unmistakable aroma that followers of Jesus carry with you. So I'm going to go back to that first question. What do people smell when you walk into the room? Now, I know not everything has gone perfectly planned since March. We understand that. Our world was turned upside down. Whether we would agree with it or not, it happened. It's there. We can't go back and turn it around. It's just, here we are. And for Paul, before he tells and reminds the church in Corinth, hey, you're the pleasing aroma of Christ to people, things weren't going Paul's way. In fact, a bump a couple verses to verse 12, and this is what verse 12 says, and Paul's going to give us a glimpse on how what he was doing isn't going as planned. And here's what he says, now when I went to Taurus to preach the gospel of Christ and found the Lord had opened a door for me, I still had no peace of mind because I did not find my brother Titus there. So I said goodbye to them and went to Macedonia. He's sitting there going, hey, I had plan A. Even though God opened the door, I had no peace. It's not going to go. I had to go with plan B. And I'm writing to the church in Corinth to realize, hey, sometimes life doesn't go the way you envisioned it going. 
But don't forget, don't forget, for to God, we are the fragrance of Christ. Even when things aren't going your way, you are still putting off an aroma and fragrance of Jesus Christ to other people in your world. So let me ask you another question. What's your fragrance? Now, I don't mean Hollister Wave 2 or Axe Body Spray or Chanel Number no. 5. What's your fragrance? What have you been giving off during this very difficult time? In fact, researchers will say something about fragrances. It's really fascinating. Like, again, you know if you walked into the coffee shop, I'm in a coffee shop. I understand that. In fact, they're actually saying a lot of research, because there's such a powerful aroma to our mind, that more studies that have come out have said that every church ought to have a smell when they walk in. So anytime you smell the smell, you're immediately brought back to your church experience it. Lord willing, it's good. And you're reminded of things. It's the power of smell. Like every time I smell a fragrance of turkey, Thanksgiving, I'm brought back to when I was a child and always went up to Ada, Michigan in my grandparents' house. It brings back a lot of great memories. And so they say that the fragrance can change your mind and absolutely change your attitude just by the smell of your fragrance. So I want to say this. Fragrance is a powerful atmosphere changer. You walk in. You can love coffee and have a bad day, but you walk in and smell and you're like, thank you, Jesus, right? I'll be fully honest. I didn't have coffee for two days last week, um, and that ain't good for me, <laughs> all right? Uh, we just ran out, didn't have it Friday or th- Wednesday, and I had my quiet time, and I was dragging, and I'm like, Ugh. And then Thursday, I forgot to get coffee, and I woke up, had my quiet time again, and I was like, no, I forgot coffee again, but Friday... When I got done and I walked downstairs to grab my cup of coffee, I smelled it. And do you know the simple smell of coffee for me? It literally put a smile on my face as I poured my cup and I'm like, good morning, Jesus. And I took my my cup of coffee to my home office and had my quiet time right there for an hour. It changes things. Many of you, you love these things, these diffusers that didn't even exist like 10 years ago, right? This is relatively new technology, if you will. But it gives off. You see what it's giving off. Let me ask you a third question this morning. What are you diffusing into the atmosphere of your world? What are you diffusing? Now, here's where I'm going to speak from my heart. And I feel like this is the message for us, and this is why I had to speak this weekend. I don't think we as Christians have been doing a good job with this the last six months. We've been diffusing a lot of things. Anger and bitterness. Resentment against governor and Trump and president. And the greatest to me, honestly, is your pastor. I'm going to tell you this. The last six months has not been easy. Any pastor around this world will tell you the last six months has been the most probably horrific ministry time of their life. They don't train us how to go through a pandemic. 
They don't train you how to do technology in order to live stream. Your team busted their rear ends to do what they had to do. Training on the fly. Yes, video didn't work all the time. We tried our best to keep you engaged. All of a sudden, we're doing at eights with you to keep you engaged while we were separated. We had to do things that they did not prepare us for. And it was all brand new territory for you and for us. It was brand spanking new. And it was hard. Absolutely difficult. If I'm fully honest, I was, I would rather do six live services, to be frank, than one recording service. It took so much time and energy to do. I didn't like it. And I know many of you, you didn't like it. You didn't like staying at home and watching it. It was weird. Try watching yourself on TV with your kids next to you. That's weird. Hey, Dad, why'd you say that? Hey, Dad, shut your mouth. We're in church. Listen to me. Watch that TV. I'm speaking to you right now. (laughs) But I've been disappointed, honestly, by what I've been seeing, what we're diffusing. Now hear me out. We can disagree with those in authority. We don't have to like everything Governor Whitmer's doing. Okay, hear my heart. We don't have to like everything President Trump is doing. We don't. The thing we can control are what are we diffusing out there? Are you representing Jesus? You are the fragrance and aroma of Jesus Christ. And do you know who Jesus went after most? Realize the Roman government, oppressive, hated Christians, that God chose that time to send his Savior into the world. Perfect timing. And then Jesus is rising up into new power and the Israelites sitting there going, great, a military leader to overthrow the oppressive Roman government who's killing us, who's persecuting us. And you know who Jesus name calls the most? Not Caesar, the religious. You brood of vipers, you whitewashed tombs, you hypocrites. Not one time do we have recorded that Jesus attacked Caesar, emperor on the throne. And I look at Christians today and I sit in there going, that is not of God, I don't think, what they're diffusing right now on social media. I love you to say that. Please hear my heart. What are you diffusing into the world? You can disagree. You can disagree. But what are we portraying? And I wonder, hear me out, please hear me out. I wonder if the picture that you're diffusing of Jesus Christ won't turn away lost people. Because they said, if that's the Jesus you follow, I'm not, I don't want any part of it. And that scares me as a pastor. We hit the valley. We were in the valley. But don't allow your circumstances to bubble up on the surface and diffuse stank that doesn't represent who Jesus is. And hear me out. I love you guys enough to say this stuff. I was trying to be prayed up this weekend because I'm like, oh, Lord, if people leave because I'm going to bring it to them, just, that's fine because I know I'm being obedient to your word. I love you. I don't want you to leave. But I've been disappointed. Whatever is in you will come out of you. You have to understand that. And sometimes the valley stinks. And we allow the circumstances of the valley to cause bitterness and anger and make fun of people who may or may not. I hate these things. Can I just tell you I hate these things? I can't see anything in them. But if it makes you more comfortable, I will put it on. I'm not going to make fun of you for it. 
I've had people come into my office, wear these things, and I immediately, I go like this. They say, you don't have to. I said, no, obviously it'll make you more comfortable. I, I will 100% will. You know, there's so much divisiveness over a mask. Yes, there's studies that say these work. There's studies that say they don't work. I understand. It's like, who do we believe anymore, right? Can I say the one person we believe is Jesus Christ? That will never change. But this has been one of the most divisive things in the church and in this world, is a mask, a piece of cloth. Let me be frank with you. Now, let me finish this one, and then I will. This is Jesus' own words. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Whatever's in you will come out of you. Do people see that, do people walk around you and be like, what's that smell? Man, you smell like Jesus. Like, yeah, because I've been in his presence. I've been changed by him. Yeah, I may disagree with everything that's going on, and I may disagree with the church shutting down. I may disagree with our governor. I disagree with our president. I disagree with the CDC or the woo-hoo-hoo and the woo and the whatever. (laughs) Disagree with them. But represent Jesus well. Represent him. We can still disagree in things, but yet love one another. Come on, I need that needed a louder amen. Our society today says, if you disagree with me, you must hate me. No, I can disagree with you and think you're wrong, but I will still love you to hell and heaven. Because I'm called to do that. Because that's what my Savior Jesus Christ did. And I need to represent him well. Let's not allow some piece of cloth to be the most divisive thing in the church. The world needs unity. And what did Jesus pray most of? That the church would be unified. Unified. And you got to know, God has sent you to diffuse his fragrance. He sent you. And he sent me to diffuse that fragrance in our neighborhoods and in in our schools and in our jobs. He's called you to diffuse his fragrance on social media as well. He's called you to diffuse his fragrance. And Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus. Oh, he loved that city. He wanted to go there so many times, and God kept shutting that door on him. Finally, he was able to go. Fourth largest city at the time of Jesus. It was a huge, massive port city. And he writes to those, and we have the letter Ephesians. And this is what he says to those followers of Jesus. Be, what's this one word? Imitators of God in everything you do. For then you'll represent your father as his beloved sons and daughters. We have to represent well. And the character of God is love, it's joy, it's grace, it's mercy, it's acceptance, even when we disagree. So three words, three parting words. Smell like Jesus, represent him well. There's eyes watching you, and they're all over. Are you giving off the aroma or the fragrance where people are drawn to who Jesus Christ is? I want to smell like Jesus. Even in disagreeing, we can disagree, but we'll do so in love. We won't call names. We'll get on our knees instead and pray for them. I don't want to be Governor Whitmer. I don't want to try to keep Michigan safe. I had a hard time keeping 900 people safe in this church. That was a headache. 
And I took bullets for what we did. I'll be honest, I took bullets. I took bullets from Christians and not non-Christians. I thought that was interesting. Interesting, yeah. Just let that sit. But I knew we were in God's will. I knew. Not easy. It was tough. I'll be honest. Keep playing. I wanted to quit about eight months, eight weeks ago. I wanted to quit. And I cried in the midst of that because I cried for our team who was exhausted and the bullets kept flying at me. Do you know we lost 52% of our change makers in our kids ministry area because people won't wear a cloth to church? That hurts. And I wanted to throw in the towel. I did, I truly did. We lost almost 51% total of our change makers here at this church because of this. Let's be the church, friends. Let's smell like Jesus. Let's smell like Jesus knowing that there are brothers and sisters in Christ in China that are hiding right now to worship God because they're afraid they're going to get killed, yet we won't go to church because of this? Come on. Let's smell like Jesus. I love you guys. And you know what came in that night when I'm bawling, sitting there going, God, I don't know if I have what it takes to lead this church anymore. I'm, 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 being, I'm ripping the whole chest open right now. You can see all the hair and the gray hair that this week has caused me. Got lots of it. Three messages came in that, la- that night. God's good. Three messages came in that night. One in, the le- in snail mail. I still receive those every once in a while. I said, thank you for everything you and your team is doing during this season. We're praying for you. I said, that's the sign I needed. I'm not going to let this season stop us. And by golly, we need to be the church. We need to smell like Jesus better to people. No more grumbling, no more complaining. You can in your own heart, but be careful it may come out on social media and other things. So what we're going to do, man, I love you guys. I, I truly do. This is why I needed to take this message this week. I needed to do it. I love you too much to quit on that, like that. But the devil was having his heyday with me. We're going to sing this song called Graves in the Gardens. And I want to read the first two, you call them verses? What do you call them? Yes, verses. Okay, I don't know anything about music. Did you know there's a bridge in music? Yeah, some of you, all right, I'm the idiot. I didn't know, all right. Bridge, chorus, there's melody, melody, there's... All right. Here's the first two. Grace in the gardens. I searched the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. Oh, I felt that eight weeks ago. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's nothing better than you. There's nothing better than you. Lord, there is nothing, nothing is better than you.
Let's be reminded of that. Let's stand church. Let's sing that this world, we may go through highs, we may go through lows, but we're going to smell like Jesus because there is nothing better than you.